the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. And for the next two hours, we're here talking about car and car repair. If you'd like to join us, it's simple. All you have to do is give us a call, 602-508-0960. And 960, because we're on 960, the Patriot KKNT out of Phoenix. 602-508-0960 is the phone number. And if there was an echo there... Gil, it was because I had the switch in the wrong position, so I fixed that by now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And and, uh, so anyway, if you're looking for a good transmission shop, let me tell you the one in the East Valley, the only one in the East Valley that I recommend is Quality Transmission. The other day a lady said that they were in California and her and her husband were towing a trailer and they had a Nissan, Nissan Armada. And then they had a problem. They had left their trailer in the park in the park. And they had gone somewhere, and they had a tough time getting back home. The transmission was acting up. Then they talked about what they did, where they went, and they ultimately got a cooler line for the transmission, a transmission cooler line repaired, and then they got home with the trailer. And she called, and she said, the fluid smells a little burnt. What do I do? First of all, that's exactly the kind of customer that Quality Transmission wants for this reason, because they gave great information. All the the square boxes were filled. And the answer to the lady's dilemma was, is because you got home from California with your Armada and the trailer and it ran flawlessly, then nothing happened to the transmission. So all we really need to do is is change the filter and flush the fluid and we'll put you back on the road. And and that's exactly the kind of, of movement. That's exactly what quality transmission does. They're honest guys. They're dependable. You're always going to get their best effort. They're not interested in rebuilding your transmission. And one thing I promise you they will not do, they will not talk you into letting them take your transmission out with an idea that it might be a 12 or 13 or 14 or $1,800 repair. And once they get your transmission out to change and revise the estimate to three, four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000, that's never going to happen. They don't do it because that's not honorable and that's not honest. Quality transmissions in Tempe been around since 1977. You'll be happy you use them, and they'll drive your car and talk about your transmission problem for free. All right, let's go to Lenny, because Lenny's the first caller. Lenny, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning? Good morning, Mark. Thank you. Uh, I've got an O2 LeSabre, and the engine light came on. So I, I took it to a, a local uh, auto store, and they put a device in to read the code. <clears throat> Excuse me, it came out P102. And then the printout says that it's sensor circuit low frequency. So I went on the computer and I, I tried to study what was going on. And it tells you what it is and the symptoms and causes and so forth. And 
pass off my disconnected wiring, maybe dirty, so forth. So anyway, when I did, the first thing I decided, according to what I looked at, too, was to clean this device. So I easily was able to remove it, and in a good-sized uh, zip bag, I put a zip bag and flooded it with pure, clear uh, uh, alcohol. And set it in there, soaked it for about eight, ten minutes, and sloshed it around, sloshed it around. Well, wait a minute. What out. sensor did you put in alcohol? What sensor is it? The mass flow sensor. Wow. That's what it said to do on the Internet? Say again? Is that what it said to do on the Internet? No, one guy said to use a brake fluid cleaner, and another guy said to use a uh, substance that was a, an oil-based. That would not be good, but I did see one guy there. He said he cleaned it in, in, in alcohol, uh, isopropyl wow. alcohol. So I, I cleaned it. Put, by the way, when I looked at it before I put it in the alcohol, it didn't look dirty to me at all. But I put it in there and sloshed it around, and I looked back, and it, it looked the same way, nice and clean. So I put it back in there and turned the key on, and the upper light, by the way, this car has two, two lights. The upper one came on, the lower one did not. Okay, I thought, well, fine, I think I've got the problem there. So I went over to a dinner here about eight, eight, eight minutes away. Went there for dinner, came out about an hour and 20 minutes, got in the car, turned on ignition, and the bottom one came on, the light. Oh, no, it didn't work. Okay, there's got to be an work. end of this story soon, okay? Yes, okay, well, well, that is the end of the story. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ended now. Where do right. I go from here? Well, everything you've done is contrary to industry standards. Oh. Every Everything that you've done, it gives me no information. If you have a mass airflow sensor code, um, we have to figure out what to code it. You see, those young men and women at the auto parts stores, are you going to them and asking them to help you fix your car would be like grabbing somebody off the street oh, if you had an arrow through your head. Um, it, it makes no sense because um, your mass airflow sensor, your mass airflow sensor's job is this to tell the engine how much air is being shoved down the engine's throat. Yes, yes. Okay. That I learned. All right. And so take it from there for me. Well, what what, what well, would you, I mean, didn't you take off some duct work? Didn't you no. unbolt it from a plastic, a big round plastic or a big round rubber contraption called an intake boot? Didn't you? No, un no, on this saber. It's very visible there. I looked at it on the internet. That's why I learned where it was and what, what it does. There's two torque screws holding it okay. in place. So it's in, in a tube. It it's in a yeah. tube. Okay. Yes, it's in a tube. All right. Well, what about if we introduce air after the tube? What happens if we have an air leak after where it goes into the air intake? Well, so the mass airflow sensor is supposed to be looking at air, and it says, I only see 6 grams, but in, real in reality, the motor's getting 26 grams. So the motor doesn't, un the computer doesn't understand why everything else says that we're going down the road at 60 miles an hour, but in reality, this mass airflow sensor is saying we're really only doing 10. So the huh? computer's looking at the, the, the speed sensor, and it says 45, 50, 60 miles an hour. The computer looks at the O2 sensors. The computer looks at the coolant sensors. The computer looks at the transmission gear rate, where the, what gear it's in. The computer goes, everything says that we're doing 45 to 60 miles an hour, but this mass airflow sensor says the only air that we're getting would only sustain an idle RPM. <laughs> okay. All right, so... And, and, but they, and, they, they put this in a, they had a thing. I had, they had a printout when they read the code, and the, the printout came out instead of what it was, a regular printout. Lenny, they sell parts for a living. Yes. 
Right, right. I, I mean, they sell that. parts for a living. Okay. So you're you're one of many people who go there. I can't, I, I can't tell you the hundreds, if not thousands, of people that have attempted to. I'll give you a good example. There was a guy here not too long ago that came in, and he had a noise. And he had spent more than $1,200 at the auto parts store with this noise. We fixed it for $122. We tightened up a bolt and fixed a stripped bolt on the, on the cross member between his fender and his core support. I see. He caused that problem when he replaced the battery. So he had this knock when you stop and a knock when you take off. And by the time he got done at the auto parts store, he had replaced the entire front end. So it, it's not a good idea to have a three-whiskered kid or a young lady who was 16, 17 years old who pulls a code and says, that code is a mass airflow sensor code, so you need to put a mass airflow sensor in there. There's nothing truthful no, about it, that. It, it, it didn't suggest that. It, it listed the causes. Maybe discontinued or wiring may be had. It may be dirty or otherwise. You don't need to read the symptoms to me, Lenny, because I can tell you right now. I can, if okay. if I pre, if the pressure was on me, I could name thirty different things that the mass airflow sensor could be pointed at. I can't fix your car, but I can tell you that you probably ruined it when you soaked it in alcohol because electronic parts don't like that. Electronic parts and the solder and the resin doesn't like that. So, yes, we do, and you said the mass airflow sensor wasn't dirty. You don't know what dirty looks like because you didn't look at the component that's dirty, and you didn't use a magnifying glass, you didn't use a high-powered flashlight, and you didn't even know what you're looking at. But inside the mass airflow sensor is a very small piece of wire. This piece of wire is no bigger than a human hair, three or four thousandths in diameter. This little wire is fed electrical power. It glows bright red. And as the air rushes past this wire, the wire will use more electricity to maintain red or less electricity. So the computer can determine, is the engine idling with this much air? Now listen carefully. This much air at idle. Or this much air at 100 miles an hour. The computer can tell by looking at this little bitty wire. I just spit all over my computer screen. Little bitty wire. The computer can tell how much air is being ingested in the motor. So you look at it with a magnifying glass. You look. You you can't see by the naked eye. And there, if if he wanted, if they really wanted to fix it, they would have told you to remove the mass airflow sensor, and they would have sold you a can of mass airflow sensor cleaner for about $6.95 and told you not to use it around the painted portion of your car and to spray this little bitty hair a couple of times and follow the directions on in the can, that's what they would have told you to do. But this is a problem that in, it's in our industry and um, it, I'm fighting it the best I can. You, you really need to take it in to a repair shop and say to them, look them in the eye and, and with steely eyes and say, are you capable of diagnosing my mass airflow sensor code? Mass airflow sensor code. And I don't want to pay for guesses. I only want to pay for fixes. So how much is your diagnostic process? And I would think that the answer is going to be between $75 and $125.
Now, if we're going to pull it out to look at it, cleaning it takes another 10 or 15 minutes. So if it needs to be cleaned, we'll clean it that way. But but your alcohol submersing the mass airflow sensor may have cost you another $200, $200 or so. Oh, so um, it's it's not a good idea. You you know what you did? You, you took your time and you took your money and you bet on people on the Internet that you've never met before. And they could have all been serial killers. <laughs> they, there could have been a whole bunch of people there that want to be technicians. I go on the Internet and I see stuff and read stuff that makes me laugh out loud. When we come back, Lenny, and what, Lenny, what part of town do you live in? Central, well, Central and uh, uh, Glendale. Okay. Um, I would take I, it I to... you give me a name. Mike's Auto Tech. Mike's okay. Auto Tech is a good guy. Um, are you anywhere close to Deer Valley and I-17? No. How about Bell and I-17? Uh, that, that would be closer. Okay, I've got Kurtz Automotive at Bell and I-17 northeast corner, and I've also got D&B Auto down on uh, 27th Avenue, Avenue in Maryland. Oh, that's closer to me, really. Okay, go over to D&B Auto, 27th Avenue in Maryland. They know how to fix your car. Now, you can tell them, I want to fix it. That's okay. You just say, I want you to diagnose it, and I want you to be firm about your diagnosis. It could be something where they walk you over and they say, you see this big rubber round thing here? Yeah, look at the split yeah. right here. That's it. Go buy that, and that'll fix your car, and you owe me this much money for diagnosing it. All right, Lenny, thank you very much for calling, buddy. Thank you. And thank you for, for, for being nice to me. And if I offended you, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. It's just I get so frustrated with those auto parts people pretending like diagnosing a car is so easy when when it's just not, and it takes skill. Anyway, when we come back, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back right after this. Hello, I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the Valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. Is your driveway, pool, deck, patio, or sidewalk old and cracked? Save money and don't tear it out. Cover it with Enviro Rubber Paving. Poured in place and proven over 15 years to provide a cooler, strong, durable, and safe surface for parking, walking, playing, and even running. Enviro Rubber Paving can solve your broken concrete and asphalt problems in just one day. Call 1-800-919-5945 or visit EnviroPaving.com. That's 1-800-919-5945 or click EnviroPaving.com. Franchise is now available in the Phoenix area. Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older. There is, but you actually have to be 65. Very flattering. Thanks. I'm Judith Light. You know who I am, right? 
I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age. And I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people. Well, I don't think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65. Okay. What if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. No? How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Huh. Flu season is here, and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can worsen with the flu. I'm so sorry about that. I thought you were like 35. Don't apologize. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about cars. Jack, Michael, and Joe, you're up one, two, three. But let me tell you about Action Auto Repair at I-17 in Deer Valley. Tom at Action Auto Repair is on my list of best car repair shops, a list that you can find at my name, MarkSalem.com. And the reason why I've identified the best shops in town is, is because there's a very small amount of really bad shops in town and I thought it would be a good thing to draw the line where I think it should be drawn. So these guys are good guys. They know what they're doing. Action Auto Repair is a good example of the best car repair shops in Phoenix. He's been around since 1983. He knows how to fix cars. Him and his staff, Tom and his staff, are well known for quality workmanship, good customer service, excellent customer service. And they have ASE master certified technicians that know how to get the job done right. I-17 in Deer Valley, northwest corner, I-17 in Deer Valley, is Action Auto Repair. Real quick, let me explain. We just talked to Lenny about codes and, and auto parts stores and all that kind of stuff. Let me just give you a real quick story, real quick, and then we're going to go to the phones. I have a Polaris quad, and, and it has power steering, and the power steering is no longer working. I don't just practice what I preach. I, I'm giving you the same advice I'm taking myself. Today as we speak, right now, that Polaris is on a trailer behind my truck, and I'm running it up to Four Seasons auto, or a Motorcycle Repair in Rye. The reason I'm going up there and not staying in Phoenix in, the, in this area is because there's only three independent Polaris dealers in the state of Arizona. There's one in Sierra Vista, there's one in Ryan, there's one in Sholo. Every other Polaris dealership is owned by one company. I'm uncomfortable with that kind of a monopoly because they, when you go to their shops, every single price is the same. So I'm going to go to an independent. I'm taking it up to Rye. I practice what I preach. I, I've looked at the obvious stuff on this power steering issue, and I can't fix it. 
and I'm going to go to an expert. <laughs> I'm going to let them fix it, and, and I'm doing exactly what I'm telling you to do. All righty, let's go to Jack. Jack, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Uh, I've had a two, 05 Ford Escape. I think it's the uh, the three uh, liter V6. Yes, sir. Uh, got ninety four thousand miles on it. Automatic, four wheel okay. drive. Uh, what started happening about a month ago is a low RPM vibration. I'm sitting at a stop sign or stoplight in drive, and I'm very, very aware of this vibration through the steering wheel. And I, uh, it's my first Ford I've owned since 1959, so there's been a huge change, I'm sure. Yes, sir. Uh, and I've had Chryslers for the last 25 or 30 years. But in any case, I, I'm trying to decide how to make this vibration go away while it's sitting still at a stop uh, light. Okay. First of all, we're, we're going to diagnose it first, and I'm going to help you diagnose it. First of all, I want you to know that, like your family, um, when, when were you actually hit in the head? Was it just before you moved from Chrysler to Ford? Uh, you mean... <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I know. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> um, my wife this just car bought... was such a great, clean, new 05, we had to buy it. No, and, and let me tell you, my wife, in, in our family for 100 years, she just bought the first F car ever. Uh-oh. And and when she came home with that, I just I locked the door and she slept in the barn. I'm <laughs> okay. telling you. So, but let me tell you, her escape, her edge. She has an edge. You have an escape. Her yeah. her edge, is a fine automobile. But don't ever tell anybody I said that. I know. All right. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get the vibration to happen. I want you to sit still, close your eyes, both hands are on the wheel, and then I want you to take your right hand, and I want you to put it, it's in drive already, and I want you to put it in neutral, and what's going to happen when you put it to neutral? What is the vibration there or not? It diminishes. Okay, and then I want you to go to reverse. Goes away. Then it's a motor mount. It's the back motor mount closest to the windshield. You, you know, know I was thinking that, but with these V6s, you know, if it was a 49 Ford Flathead, I could tell, <laughs> you know what I mean? But... With these V6s, you can't see anything in there. So you th I thought it might be a motor mount, but I'm not, I don't even know where the, the bloody motor mounts are. You know? Okay. Well, the, the, now here's the dilemma. Are we going to do one, which is called the load mount, that, and the motor leans on that mount when you accelerate from a dead stop? Yeah. I don't okay. see it torquing, though. I put it in drive when the, with the brakes and everything on and had somebody step on the gas a little, and the motor didn't torque. I know, but I bet I could get it to torque. Yeah, I, well, I probably could, too, if yeah. I could accept about nine revs. Well, you just bring it up, and you kind of get the, the you, you, you know when the motor mount is stretching, and so you're going to give it the gas in drive uh, with your foot firmly on the brake, and you're going to bring it up, and then you're going to kind of eyeball it through the crack of the hood, and then you're going to put it in reverse and do the same thing. Yeah. But the symptoms you describe are 95% of motor mount. The question I, is, I, you're going to do all of them, or you're going to do one of them? Well, I'm probably going to do them all. Okay. I would do either one. I want you to know it's okay. It is true that you don't want to buy one brand new shoe and walk around on the old worn one. That's true. But those are only two shoes and you have four motor mounts. Yeah. So if you're, if, are you going to keep this car to a hundred and another hundred thousand miles? Yeah. Okay. Then you can put the mounts in one at a time and you'll just be fine. That's a good idea. All righty. Now I have noticed that as, as I'm driving it, you know, along the, the, the vibration seems to come up a little then also. Well, it's again, you're loading the mount. Okay. All so right. Now, I want you to picture you're sitting in the driver's seat, and the V6 is sitting in front of you horizontally, left to right, yes? Yeah. And when you torque the motor, the, the front part of the motor should lift up, and the back part of the motor should go down. Okay, so yeah. the, the motor mount underneath the bottom of the windshield at the very bottom is called the load mount. 
and that's motor, how the, mo okay. the motor torques. It torques to, to its right. As you stand right. behind the motor, the motor is going to torque towards the windshield, and in reverse, it's going to lift up and torque towards the radiator. Okay. And so I'm pretty sure you have a mount. That's a problem. I, I figured that's what it might be, but I appreciate do, your help. Thank do, you. You betcha. Thank you very much. That was an easy one. Ha. Michael, have you got an easy one for me, too? Yes, I do. Okay. Thank you very kindly for telling me what kind of, a couple of weeks ago, for telling me what kind of motor rail I should put in my car. Okay. Uh, but 2,000 Buick Century with 110,000 miles on, I change the oil once a year because I just drive around Mesa about 5,000 miles. Anyway, I was wondering how important it is to, I'll be putting a synthetic blend in again. Okay. I was wondering how important it is to have the motor uh, warmed up when it goes up on the rack and the motor oil comes out, or does it matter if it's cold? You know, that's a, that's something that just kind of depends on the on the vehicle. On my motor home, because I, whenever I get in it and I drive it for a long period of time, I, I mean, it's rarely going to start up and go to the jack-in-the-box and shut off. So I don't worry about that on my motorhome because I know that I've agitated the oil in the engine a lot. But there's nothing wrong with that. I have a few customers who ask for that privilege. And we say, yeah, no problem. Make a specific appointment, and not on Monday mornings or Friday afternoons for obvious reasons, but Thursday at 2. All right, I'll have a rack open. You pull it on in. We'll guide you on, and we'll get that drain plug out right away. Yeah. You go sit in the lobby, or you can, you know, at our shop, you're welcome to go out in the shop and, yak with the guys you're not allowed to help them and uh, but but we don't have that silly sign that says you can't we have a sign that says if you go out in the shop you go out at your own risk but um, we have customers in the shop all the time but th th there's nothing wrong with asking that now as far as you're concerned maybe you do that every third oil change and bring it in nice and warm but not every time okay. all righty thank you you're welcome. You're welcome. And, Joe, I only have 50 seconds on this segment, so if you would please stay right there. I'll get you on the other side of the break. The break, uh, Gil tells me, is about two and a half to three minutes long, and we'll be back and get you in. The lines are wide open. Well, actually, not wide open. There's four of them open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And when we come back, I'm going to read you our column that uh, I wrote about carburetors and rebuilt carburetors in the uh, Arizona Republic. And I have that on my screen, and I'm going to talk to you about the idea that I had when I wrote that article, or why I said what I said, which is basically, buying a rebuilt carburetor is a bad idea. And I've bought thousands of them, so I can raise my hand and vouch that it's a bad idea. So when we come back, we'll also talk about that. But very first, we're going to talk to Joe. My name's Mark Salem. This is 960 The Patriot, KKNT. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. 
Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. With many pensions disappearing and today's unsteady economic environment, learning how to maximize your Social Security benefits during retirement is no longer an option. It's a requirement. Financial advisor and KKNT's Let's Talk Money radio host, Tim Van Houten, will be hosting a series of complimentary Social Security classes throughout the Valley. Seating is limited. Call now to reserve your spot. 855-795-0716. That's 855-795-0716. Investment advisory services offered through Global Financial Private Capital, LLC. An SEC registered registered investment advisor. So Justin, I was playing that video game Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog. He was all like... And I went playing in this virtual stream where this water... It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest. The real forest. Where I was running down this... Well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool, too. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Looking to know what's up on the Dennis Prager Show? Like 960 The Patriot on Facebook for daily show updates. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. If you have a car question, a car problem, if you want me to settle an argument between you and your wife or you and your son or you and your uh, husband, then give us a call. 602-508-0960-602. 508-0960. Joe, like I promised, we're coming to you right off the bat. How can I help you today? Well, I've got two easy questions. I know that's your theme today, easy questions. So the first one is, <laughs> I've got an older Ford car that had the original air conditioning compressor for many, many years, and then finally it went out. And four years ago, it was replaced, the whole system was. And about a year ago, maybe a little a year and a half, it began to just slowly you know, lose its oomph. And uh, it had a small leak in it. And I took it to one of your shops, and they told me that. They said, it's got a small leak in it. Uh, you can, you know, feed it a little bit of refrigerant, or, you know, we can replace it and put a new one in. So anyway, I, that's what I've been doing. Uh, my question is, and I think I know the answer to this, but I see next to the cans I buy, and I only have to add probably 
two 12-ounce cans per summer, um, so far anyway. And they have the stop leak stuff. That doesn't work, does it? Oh, I want to tell you something. Um, I, I would, if I were king of the world, that stuff would be yanked off the shelf tomorrow. Okay. Here's, there's two things. The orifices, as we yeah. meter Freon through your system, are the size of human hair. So let me let, let's picture that we're going to put basically ground up sand in your air conditioning system, and will we stop the leak? Probably so. Will we cause damage to some significant issues as we do that? And the answer is heck yes. Okay. So no, um, but two twelve ounce cans is a sizable leak. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, you you on on that car. I bet you probably don't have thirty ounces. So you're 30, 32 ounces total. So you're t talking about 24 ounces annually. So you're mm -hmm. losing 70%, 70, okay. 75% of your Freon. Okay. Where, where did they say the leak was at? They, uh, the, the shaft seal on the compressor. On the front? Okay. Yeah. You know, you can, if you, if you do it before it blows up, uh -huh. then all you do is replace the compressor. And, uh -huh. and we have systems now where we can suck the Freon out and save your Freon. Okay. And, and we pull the compressor, we check the oil, we get the new compressor, we check the oil, we then have a formula on what oil we're going to put back in the new compressor, we bolt it. So it's just really an R&R &R of the compressor itself. Okay, so it's not the 12 to 1400 version no, then? No, it's not, because you caught it with, all you're doing is just the leak. Okay. And that's something you can bid. You just say, I just want you to replace the compressor because the nose is leaking and it's okay. 24 ounces annually. Right. So I just want, how much is the compressor, how much is the labor, give me okay. the ancillary stuff and give me a, how much do I write my check before I leave home? kind of okay. talk okay okay and then one other quick question this is easy also the um a couple of times i've had to have a, a compressor replaced you know the, the first one seems to go 100,000 120,000 miles but it seems like maybe i'm just going to the wrong shops the the ones that are put back in there they don't seem to to get the 100,000 mile length of the you, you you know um I, i'm gonna just respectfully disagree and i'll tell you what, what my experience has been mm -hmm. Just not too long ago, and if you go to Yelp and some of the reviews of my shop, you'll find this lady was pretty mad at me. Uh -huh. But um, she, we put a compressor in, and it failed two years later. Okay. Um, as I explained to her and as I explained to you, that's that, that only happens once every 10 years. Oh, okay. Um, really and truly, we, we and, and certainly we are going to be in the, in the chain because they're going to say, well, you know, you put the compressor in three years ago or four years ago or five years ago. Is there any help or stuff like that? And frankly, I'm going to look at your customer number and see how long you've been a customer and how much uh -huh. money you spent and how, many, yeah. how often are you in and how many yeah. of your neighbors. I, I, my software is going to tell me how many people live on your street. Okay. So if there's five of my customers that live on your street and they're all active customers, I'm not going to make you mad so that you go and tell all your neighbors. All so right. so I don't I don't agree with you but but I think if you call at least two or three shops I think you'll find a difference then the question is is what's the warranty on the difference okay cuz there are some compressors out there that have 2 and 3 and 4 year warranties on okay. them and some of and most everything has a 1 year warranty right so just look for that okay okay thank you all right you bet you bet 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 I was talking to you about um my advice in the Republic. I have a, and the guy writes, I have a 77 Ford F-250 six-cylinder. It sits for a long time. It won't start. I have to pour a little gas down the carburetor to get it started. Then it drives all day long. It starts all day, all night, every day, every day, until it has to sit for any length of time. The choke is working. My response, 
if the carburetor bowl is full of fuel and the accelerator pump is good and working, this would not be happening. Two things, if it's full of fuel, if the accelerator pump, so there's your two problems. Should you buy a, a, a rebuilt carburetor? Uh, a, a, here's the problem, and I've sold thousands of rebuilt carburetors in my time, and I no longer do that and haven't for years and years and years, because all you do is trade symptoms. You have problems with your old carburetor, A, B, and C, and when you get these rebuilt carburetor, you have B, C, D, E, F. So all you're doing is trading carburetors because here's the key. When you rebuild a, car, rebuild a carburetor, it's this simple. The success of your rebuilt depends on that the symptoms you went in to fix are fixed and you didn't create anything new. And it's the second part of that <laughs> that catches everybody with their pants down to their ankles. The idea is, is when you rebuild the carburetor you have, I'm going to go in and just make sure that after it sits three or four days that it will start and run. And I'm going to teach him how to pump it three times. The first one shuts the choke flap. Each one after that is a prime. He takes his foot off the key, or the, fo the, the, the throttle. He hits the key. The engine starts, and it coughs a little bit. And then it idles fast. Boom, I got it. Now, his fuel economy is as good or better. It starts, runs. It doesn't have any hesitation hot. doesn't have any hesitation cold. doesn't have any hard, part, hard start problems hot or hard start problems cold. I won. I rebuilt this carburetor, and I fixed what I went in after, and I didn't create anything new. But when you have a rebuilt carburetor, all you're doing is trading symptoms. And the guy or the person that rebuilt that carburetor had no idea what symptoms he was supposed to fix, and he has no idea what symptoms he created, if that makes sense. We'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Dan Davis, and I want to introduce you to Bob Jones and my friends at Quality Transmission Service. A lot of people are hanging on to their cars to save money, but driving an older car means you'll eventually need repairs. If it's a bad transmission, you could be left stranded, and that's a pretty helpless feeling. But help is a phone call away. Quality Transmission is family-owned and operated and has been serving the Valley since 1977. Bob is all about quality, and he's been doing the right thing his entire life. Eagle Scout, two tours of Vietnam, and the very first winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. At Quality Transmission Service, every overhauled transmission comes with a two-year, 24,000-mile nationwide warranty. Quality Transmission is AAA approved, rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau, and is a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix. So for all your automotive transmission needs, call Quality Transmission Service. Quality Transmission Service, getting you back on the road. Hello, I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the Valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. 
Before you buy a TV, you check with Consumer Reports. Before you hire a company, you check with the Better Business Bureau. So before you hire an attorney, go to azbar.org. azbar.org has lots of great information, things you need to know before you hire an attorney, and what to do if something goes wrong. Also, our Find a Lawyer section can help you find someone in your area who understands your legal need. It's all at azbar.org, the State Bar of Arizona, serving the public, enhancing the legal profession. Sponsored by the State Bar of Arizona, aired in cooperation with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and the station. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right. Um, do do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay. Tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. (laughs) The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Let me tell you real quick about Automatic Transmission Exchange and why he handles Central Phoenix for me. Now, quality transmission, they handle East Valley, but ATE, Automatic Transmission Exchange, has been around since Jesus was a baby. Phil has been around since transmissions were first made. He is the most legitimate old guy with respect to transmissions that you can find in the state of Arizona. Phil is smart. He's been around since 1968. He works on everything from the old power glides all the way to the new electronic eight speeds. Now, automatic transmission exchange also goes to the next level because before they put the transmission back in your car, if they have to rebuild it, which happens rarely, they're going to put it on a machine to test all of its shift points. That way it saves time because if they have a leak or they made a mistake, they can find it there then they can just fix it there and test it again. Nobody else knows that I know of has that. So if you're in the central Phoenix area, or Phoenix at all, Automatic Transmission Exchange is, is at 40th Street in Washington, and they're open Saturdays from 8 to noon, and they're a good place. Recently, I had my son's truck over there, and they fixed a problem we couldn't. And I was pretty doggone happy with Phil and his staff for fixing my son's truck. All righty, let's go to the phones. Melanie, you're up next. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. Hi. Yes, ma'am? Hi, uh, this is her husband. Uh, we recently changed the oil in a 1998 uh, half-ton Ford truck. It's got 5.4 liter. Okay. When we backed it off of the ramp it was and started it, it sputtered just a little bit, but uh, then there was some white, Smoke, I wouldn't say smoke, it was probably uh, moisture that was coming out of the exhaust pipe. Is that something? And it, it actually got fairly bad, and then after it ran for a while, I'm assuming it warmed up, it, uh, it the, the steam curtailed. Okay. Well, has this truck experienced any kind of overheating issue in the last 30 days? Mark, it's never overheated in its lifetime, and it does have 260,000 miles on it. Okay. 
I, I can't possibly tell you um, what it is. I think time will tell. Um, you know, you put the front of the truck up in the air, and so that's going to change the attitude of all the fluids inside the engine. Um, I can't think of anything on your 5.3 that jumps out and says, you know, we're aspirating coolant. But if it was coolant, which gives you a dense white smoke, which Correct. looks like vapor, if it's that, then you're going to find out that you, there's an overheat in your future because as the water level drops or the coolant level drops to a critical level, then the gauge is going to swing up past three quarters. Okay. So I would keep an eye on the coolant. But it also could have easily been, is this a turbocharged motor by chance or is no, it isn't. Okay. Um, it, you know, it could have been, I, I don't know what it could have been, but I wouldn't worry about this. You've never had a problem before. You had some blue smoke. Um, it could have been that uh, w during the process of removing the oil or adding the oil, maybe the truck was still on the ramps, so maybe it it went back to the back of the motor, and maybe the PCV valve sucked some oil up when you first started it, and as a result of that, you got the blue or the white smoke at that particular point. That would have lasted for a little while, but it'll go away to never return. So I'm not quite sure. And whatever you do, don't blame it on Melanie. Okay. Well, I have, you know what? I have the PCB valve in my hand, and uh, it's rattling. I just washed it out real good, so it's, it's offable. But that was... I was kind of straying towards that direction. But. Okay, no, no, no. That you, you're you're repeating a fallacy. Just because it's rattling doesn't mean it's any good. This is what I want you to do. Okay. The truck's on level ground. The PCV valve is back in the truck. Yeah. Where does the PCV valve plug in? On which valve cover? Passenger or driver's? Passenger. Okay. Then on the driver's side, you probably have a vent over there, some kind of a line that goes to the valve cover, because clean air goes in on the driver's side, and it's sucked up through the motor and goes out on the passenger side at the PCV valve. Find that vent and take the vent off the valve cover and put a piece of tissue over the top of the valve cover hole. Start the okay. engine and let it idle. I want to make sure that we're kind of sucking in there so the the tissue, you'll hold it, the tissue will show a valley. It, it'll show that clearly the engine is kind of sucking against the tissue, and the and the hole that you're covering on this vent is going to be something about the size of a quarter or less, a nickel or less to a quarter. That's how you test the PCV valve because we got a PCV valve is a vacuum cleaner for your engine, and the vacuum cleaner to your engine has to have an inlet. So fresh air comes in, gathers up all the hydrocarbons, gets sucked into the positive crankcase ventilation valve and then is burned again so we're going to take this unburnt fuel this fuel molecules all this fuel stuff and we're going to burn it again so so you don't shake a pc and if you if you've got a lot of miles on this 98 and you haven't changed a pcv valve ever then now's the time how much uh, are they 10 bucks yeah so, well it, i i was going to suggest that it's sitting here in my hand i'll just go get it and put it yeah. in there but I do see the bin on the other side, so. Okay. All okay. right. Well, good luck to you. Thank you very much to both you and Melanie. Let's go to Greg. Greg, good morning to you. How can we help you? Uh, good morning. Yeah, I have a seemingly um, rare problem. I have a 2006 uh, Jeep Wrangler automatic 4-liter. Um, the problem is uh, when it's cold, it always shifts hard from first to second, at least once, maybe twice, but never again until it's cold again. Okay, how many miles are on it? About 50,000. Okay, so you have a hard 1-2 shift when cold. Yes, I only once to... or twice, and then it's done. 
Okay, and intermittent. And <laughs> sorry, if I could add one thing. If I disconnect the battery for a while um, and, and you know, drain the system for electricity, it, it will not, it, it will go away for a while or okay. like a week. That's not going to help anybody, and that's, that's typically called a red herring. You're sending somebody in a direction that you have no business sending them there. The answer to why that affects it will be obvious once the problem is fixed. Okay. All right. So you are, in fact, resetting the computer by pulling the battery cable on it. Correct. So it's going to take some time for the computer to gather up data and averages in order to run the, the fuel injection and the emission system on your car. But the terminology is important. Intermittent, hard, one, two, cold. That's the terminology. And how many miles are on it? it happen- it's not intermittent. It happens every time. From when it's cold, it happens every single okay. time. Okay, so then take the word intermittent out. I put it in there because I thought you said it doesn't happen all the time. So only so, when it's cold. Only okay, when it's cold. hard one two shift cold. That's the terminology. We get the terminology right, then we don't go off on tangents. How many miles okay. does the Jeep have on it? About fifty thousand. Okay, have you had or had any transmission work done? Have you had the filter replaced? Have you had the fluid flushed? Yes. Okay. Um, at this particular point, you have two choices. You can take it in and let and leave it overnight and let somebody else drive it because it doesn't necessarily mean this is the solenoid or it's the transmission. This could be a lot of different things. The throttle position sensor could be lying about its setting first thing in the morning. So the computer sees that why did he push the pedal almost all the way to the floor? Oop, I better shift hard out of first into second. Or I better take first gear up high in the RPMs. So then when I shift second, he interprets that as a hard shift, but really it's a late shift. So I'm going to hold first gear out. So someone with a scanner, someone with the ability to watch pressure, someone with the ability to know what all the sensors that the transmission is going to look at, which is idle or engine RPM, load, throttle, mass airflow sensor, and wheel speed. It's going to look at all of that. So the transmission shop, I think if I were you, though, if the, and it's only got really low mileage for a 98, I think I would wait until it got worse. Pardon me? I think I would wait till it gets worse. Okay. Uh, it's an 06, you said. Um, yeah. I think I would wait till it gets worse and easier to find. But you can take it in if you want and just simply tell them what you just told me. If you've had the fluid changed and it's and it's been freshened or the filter has been freshened since um, 06, which is 10 years ago, then I'm not going to suggest that you waste your time or your money doing that. Yeah. So, okay. All righty. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you. And Mary, you're up next. Mary, how can I help you? Yes. <clears throat> My daughter has a 2002 Chevy Trailblazer V6. And um, uh, she has a, a friend or a mobile mechanic that changes her oil. And every time after the oil is changed, the red light stays on. And um, she checks it, and it's, it's full of oil, but uh, the red light stays on for a while. And then he comes back, and he does something. I don't know. Um, and yet when I asked him, he said, I don't know why it's still on. So. Well, what does the red light say? It's just the oil light. It's the oil light stays on. Okay. Well, um, there, there's an oil pressure switch 
on that motor somewhere and the oil pressure switch job is, is to notify the dashboard and the onboard computer, the PCM, if it sees pressure that drops, typically the, the range is under 10 PSI. So the red light will come on and red light means stop, red light means don't stop in a week or a month or a year, it means right now to save your engine. So someone has to go in and determine why that red light's on. Now, okay. if if um, I have nothing good to say about mobile mechanics, um, right. I've, I I have lots of mobile mechanics that have applied for uh, work at our facility. Um, I've had technicians leave me to become mobile mechanics, but but if they were really good in their trade. They would be working for me, making between forty-five and hundred and forty-five thousand dollars a year. I have two or three technicians that are north of a hundred thousand dollars, and there's no reason for them to be mobile techs when they can make that kind of money on a Monday through Friday kind of atmosphere, and with weekends and holidays off and four hundred one k's and paid insurance and paid holidays and all that other kind of crap. The idea is, is the mobile mechanics typically, and here's the real problem with mobile mechanics. The mobile mechanic, it will never be around for long. They'll get tired of trying to be a mobile mechanic, and they'll ultimately end up back at another shop somewhere down the road. But if you would have taken it to any kind of a good repair shop, once that light was on, they would have quickly removed the oil pressure switch, stuck a pressure gauge in there to determine if the oil pressure switch was lying or telling the truth. If he's telling the truth, then perhaps we're using the wrong oil, or perhaps we need to look at the filter, or perhaps we need to look at a couple of things. But if the oil pressure switch is lying about the pressure, and really it's 20 pounds of pressure, and it and it's lying and saying that it's under 10, then we're just going to simply replace that 10 or 12 or 20 dollar part and be on our way. But okay. this is a this is this this is a this is a good indicator of his skill level, and I want to tell you on a skill level. Mary, on a 1 to 10 scale, to identify where the oil pressure switch is at and to take a reading of the oil pressure switch to remove it and plug in a manual gauge, on a 1 to 10 scale was really a 2.5 or a 3. So it doesn't take a gray-haired master tech to figure this out. So it okay. is an indication of his visibility, but it is something that needs to be addressed. If you want to guess with your money, replace the oil pressure switch. I think you okay. have a 50-50 chance of that being the problem. The other possibility is is he's disconnecting the oil pressure switch to to gain access to the oil filter and he's forgetting to plug the oil pressure switch in and then you call him back and he's denying uh, that he had anything to do with it. Okay. All okay. Right? Good luck to you, Mary. Okay, Thank great. you very much. Thank you. All righty, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Um, Mo there's nothing wrong with mobile mechanics. The problem is is that if if you have them do a bunch of work on your car and they give you a year warranty, the odds are more than against you that they'll even be around in, 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 in a year's period of time. And it's because it's a hard job to become a mobile mechanic because you don't have all the technical attributes. You don't have all the, the, the infrastructure that you have at a repair shop. So you're going to have to be really on your toes to diagnose check engine lights because of the inability to have the other infrastructure that is a normal repair shop. There's some guys out there that are just kind of retired mobile mechanics, and they've been around three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, and there's nothing wrong with those guys, but just ask them about their history. We'll be back right after this. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.